talking creative empowerment, purpose, and collaboration with your feelings and your concerns. Be gifted. Be enlightened. Be a part of gifted autonomy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Gifted Autonomy Radio. This is our fifth episode. First of all, we do encourage you to press that subscribe button for us in the Apple Podcast Store for Gifted Autonomy. Leave a review and follow us at AN Media on Facebook, Ashley and Media on Twitter, and Ask the Wordsmith on Instagram. Also, you can purchase my second novel at Barnes & Noble Online entitled Autoscopy. It's historical science fiction with time travel and a purpose-driven journey for the lead character. Also, our co-host today, Larry Silver, has some information for you pertaining to his beautiful oil painting pieces and drawings. Yeah, this is Larry Silver. I'm joining along with Ashley Silver today to talk with Derry Lewis. And um, you can also purchase my prints on my website at silverbrush.net. Also, um, stay tuned to a video breakdown series of some of my past artwork pieces where I will be explaining uh, the background and the origin behind the artwork. Awesome. So now that we've gotten those housekeeping rules and promotions out of the way, we want to introduce our featured interviewee here today, author Derek Lewis. We also have, as you guys just heard, uh, Larry Silver on with us to chop it up and ask some questions for Arthur Lewis. So I'm very excited about the show today, and we're ready to get started. So, Derek, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Okay. So our first question, um, and I kind of do a lead into it. So when you first contacted me about being on Gifted Autonomy, and I read your story, I was really stunned by just the courage and perseverance that exudes through through your journey. And not just for writing, but also I know you mentioned being a sexual abuse survivor and an epilepsy survivor, which I believe is which really are both constant struggles to deal with. So instead of giving in or giving up, how did you overcome those struggles? Um, first off, thank you for having me and I appreciate that. Like it's it hasn't hasn't been easy. I was down there for every last year at the age of three. I'm, yeah, the age of three, no, six. And from the age of six to about 15, I probably had at least two or three a year to the point where nobody in my family was scared to watch me. My mom had to take out work to watch me. And then my sexual abuse happened like in my early 20s, like, I'm still, like, I still deal with that to the day where I don't like people behind me, like, even if I'm at the store, like, I don't got to see you, I can feel you, I get real tense in my shoulders, even if I'm walking down the street, if somebody behind me, I move out the way, left them pads, that's how bad it is, I don't like people behind me. So how did you, how have you overcome those, those struggles? Mm, just trying to take it, just trying to take it one day at a time. Like I don't let it, I don't let it stop me. Don't let it hinder me. I just, just try to deal with it as best as I can. Okay. 
Larry, I, I know you had a question as well. Uh, yeah, what I want to know is what inspires you um, to write? Um, the main thing that inspires me to write is like just the people's reaction to my to my poetry. Like I started writing in like oh four oh five, but I ain't really started getting passionate about it for the, like the last five years. I done had people older than me comment on how powerful my pieces are and I even had one lady compare me to like the new generation Langston Hughes of my Angelou and that shocked me that somebody even thought of me like that. But like now I notice now like most of my stuff is like political and social like I got a poem out I put last year about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor so this observational like if I don't have no knowledge on it I ain't gonna talk about it so uh can you take me take us back to what was that first moment like um when you had that first reaction of someone hearing or reading your writing like what was that first moment like for you like what would you experience emotionally in that uh in that moment that you knew that at that moment this was what this was what you wanted to do well, I'll tell you, it was a it was a humbling experience. I was in awe. It was matter of fact, it was in twenty sixteen, the first poetry slam that I did. Like like I came in there with like other poems like free written that I was gonna do, but I heard everybody else, so I just freaked out about my testimony, basically everything I've been through and I got standing ovation, so that's like motivating me more like maybe maybe this is what i'm meant to do yeah that, that's super interesting and and it really inspires me especially when you uh speak on brianna taylor and george floyd because that's so prevalent right now um so having really a voice to put to that you know for spoken word is really important so that's something that I'm really inspired by. And I really look forward to actually hearing those pieces. Um, are they on your social media? Um, yes, I got a, I have a poetry, I have a poetry page on my Facebook, the People Poet Poetry on Facebook. Like I tell people often, like all my, my books, um, like all my poetry books, like you kind of get in the, like a precursor because all my poems I put on Facebook are in my book. So you kind of get a sneak peek of what you're getting. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Um, just a follow-up to that, um, in your biography you sent over to me, you mentioned that you were raised by your mother and grandmother because your father had a point where he had been incarcerated for a couple of a few months. Um, so since you're the oldest, do you feel like you had to take on a lot growing up for your younger siblings? And how did those experiences uh, shape who you are now as a writer? Um, yes, I did. I know my um, I never I never like actually met my father because he was all he went to prison four months before I was born. And then um, I got a I only got one younger sister. She's six years older than me. So. I kind of felt that pressure when she was born because I had to step up and help my mom raise her and be the so play the man role and like 
now I liking it like it's helping me as far as raising my own child because like I done help raise her then I help raise my my daughter's oldest sister and now I'm raising mine so it's like I done raised two kids already two girls already and as far as me as a writer like it's helping me like like I could like differentiate between things like I can see both sides of different things like I come from a new perspective than I probably would before I had children okay okay and and since you do have a a very interesting story and really a story of heroism to to me um, have you ever thought about publishing an autobiography that kind of outlines the trials you faced and what aspects do you look to in order to, and what aspects you look to in order to push through that dark time? Have you ever thought about um, publishing a autobiography? Um, actually, like, I think it was like my second book that I put out. I put out like a little kind of biography. Like, I made it where it was, it was narrated by me, but I used a different name for everybody. Like. I have a different name. My mom, my sister, my cousin, everybody that's in the book got a different name. And I put all, put this about all day in there from like growing up, being the man in the house to to now, to all the the bullying and racism I felt when I was younger. Like I've been called every name in the book because I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. I was always I was always followed by undercover cops in middle school. I um a white boy and a black boy almost tried to throw me over the school banister after lunch. I had spray paint spray in my eyes when I was twelve, I almost lost my sight. I done I had people try to drown me before like I done been had water sprayed on me, dog shit on me. So, like to to do what I'm doing now and been going through what I've been through, like it's a it's a blessing after here. And, and with all the seasons I had, any one of them could have could have been my last one. So I'm thankful for that to God that I'm still here. Writings. Um... Uh, being uh, going through what you went through, we can say that through your writings, you you gain that confidence or that superpower to get you through what it is that you was going through. Yes. Like it took um it took me a while to get there to even write my first book because I put my first book out two years ago. I could have put it out a long time ago, but I was listening to outside voices, like, nobody gonna listen to you, and all that, letting outside noise get to me, but now, like, if you would told me 10 plus years ago that I would have four books out within a two-year span, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure, and that's that's why it's important for um, us to have this platform to give artists the chance to tell their stories and inspire others. Because you know, there's other authors out there that may be going through a similar situation, and they may not feel like you know they can write 
um, a book specifically, you know, like that'll never happen. But your story is a story of truly overcoming. Um, So that's why it was really important for us to have you on the show, you know, so you can tell your story and inspire others. Um, Just to, since you mentioned um, your novels, tell me about, you know, a little about each novel. Like what is the synopsis? I know you mentioned some characters, but what are your character motivations and, and what do you want others to gain from, from your books? Like the um, most, like my first book, second book, and my first book, second book, and my book I just dropped last month. It's all like poetry books. Like it's all dealing with stuff I done been through. Like most of my poems that I wrote, I either been through it or I know somebody that went through it and I just and like for the characters in my second book like all the characters in there are like people that had a significant input in my life from my mom my cousin my granny my sister like I credit my mom my sister my granny like they helped shape the man that I am now artists you know we have to get ourselves in like a preparation or a certain type of mode Mm -hmm. to kind of be able to create or get a certain vibe so take me back to how do you how do you get yourself in a preparation for writing like what like what mood do you get yourself in or what type of mode do you set yourself in to be prepared to uh to write or to come up with a narrative or a story or you know just kind of give us a breakdown on that well uh, now, like, um, I used it used to be like, um, I gotta be in a calm state or whatever to write. Like, like I'm still kind of like that, but even now, like, if I'm aggravated or something, like, instead of like I dress it in the poem, like I use my my emotions, my emotions drive my poetry. Like, whatever I'm feeling, that's what type of poem you gonna get. Like. If I'm happy about something, you gonna get that. If I'm mad about something, you gonna get that. If I if I don't feel if I'm so it depends on my mood. But like when I'm writing, like you got I gotta be in a quiet space. I have my music playing, like and all that. Like sometimes I don't even know where it comes from. Like I could be walking down the street watching TV, not even thinking about poem. I see something, it come to me. I write it instantly on Facebook so I don't forget it. So I just always kind of been like that. Like like when I first started, like it was more as a um as a hobby. I started when I was like sixteen at the suggestion of my high school English teacher to get my anger out cause I was real angry when I was young. I fought all the time. But over the past decade or so, it turned into more so a hobby than a passion. And like people comments on how powerful it is and how they can relate to it and how it hit home to them. It drives me even more. And and even to my daughter, like my number one fan. So I can't give up. I give up. I'm giving up on her. And that's one thing I refuse to do. Has it shaped you and molded you to to the writer that you are today? Yes, like 
it's like everything I everything I've been through, like I believe that helped like shape my writing style and like and how I choose things. Like I don't limit myself. Like I had people ask me like what kind of genre like I stick to. Like it's no certain genre. Like I could talk about anything. Like I said before, like if I don't know about it, I'm not gonna talk about it. Like even when I write my poetry, like if I if I go with a word that wrong, but if I don't know what I mean, I look it up before I post it. Okay, so so since you 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 know you are a great example of beating the odds, as you you told us, have you ever taken part in any mentorship opportunities for youth, or is that something that you want to do in the future as a goal? Um, I kind of I kind of did that. Like been doing that. Like I was, I was a youth. I was a president of my youth choir when I was younger. I I was like a mentor to like the kids in my neighborhood. Cause I was one of the oldest, so like I had one specific kid I'm close to. He's like nine years younger than me. Like he would call me about things he gonna do. Help. I was helping him like play basketball. Like. If he, if like he had boy like high school or chasing him home from school, he'd call me and I walk him home. Like I'd tell him, like you're telling you know me and they leave you alone. Like, like I'm just used to being around kids. Like that's why I'm trying to get into some more mentorship type things. Like even now, like I'm willing to talk to anybody if I even if I don't know you. Like, I'll talk to you, tell me what you're going through, whatever. You that comfortable with me? Like, I'll, I'll listen. Like, I ain't here to judge. I'll listen. I'll give feedback if I need to. But I'm not, I'm a, I'll try to put myself in days situations before I answer. Like, if I can't relate to it, like, I'll just, I'll just listen. I don't be judgmental, dependent. No matter what I might be thinking, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, and that's very important for youth to feel like they have somebody that, you know, can meet them on their level and isn't like talking at them or or down to them. You know, if you are really trying to uh, mentor them. So everything you said is so important and um, it's it's really amazing that you have done that. Um, Really, it sounds like throughout throughout your life, really. Um, so, you know, people talk about having, and I'm going to use like a a common phrase, um, uh, those come to Jesus moments when you kind of have that moment where you just kind of know that something was a turning point in your life. So what do you feel like was really a key turning point in your life as far as, um, writing and, and knowing that that's something that you really, really wanted to do? Uh, well, I had a... I had a few of them, like, like I said, like the multiple seizures I had, like some of them I didn't think I won't come back from, and then surviving that, that, that um, sexual abuse, I'll never forget that night, and then also, like I was, like I was kidnapped twice in my 20s, like once early, once late, and then I asked. Like, I finally found the courage, like, I think it was last year I wrote a poem about about my 
by being abused because I was hesitant to come out because I was feeling like men ain't supposed to deal with this. Like, so I was hesitant to talk about it, but then once I opened up, I had female comment like, yeah, that, that takes a, that was brave for you to come out because most men probably went through it, ain't going to say it because they feel like, like men ain't Men are supposed to be strong, provided they ain't supposed to go through that. Like, but like I tell people, like it, like it happened to me. It could happen to anybody. Like, so don't be hesitant to come out. Like, like I get the hesitance, but try to talk to somebody because you don't. They're gonna eat away at you. Very important. That is. Mm-hmm. Let's turn the tables for a little bit and talk about uh, writer's block. And as an artist myself, uh, I go through plenty of artist blocks and and you know frustrations and trying to get a certain piece right. And sometimes I may have to turn the canvas around, not look at it, or go off to a different project and try to work on something else, which and do something totally different, you know, to kind of settle my mind down. But how do you get through a writer's block? Like as far as trying to come up with something or be creative. If you're at a, a a point where you're stuck, how do you get through that? Just like, just like you were saying, like try to go on to something else. Like eventually, come back to you. I know for me, like I get I get frustrated. I'm trying to write soon. Like I know in my mind what I want to say, but it won't come out. Then I go to something else, and it'll come to me. Like, like so, yeah, like. Write a block, like, it definitely frustrating. Like, sometimes I have to, like, to leave it for a couple of days and all that. Especially, like, if I, if my mind is out everywhere, like, here and there, like, and all that. So, sometimes I just have to leave it for, like, a couple of days or take a breather, take a walk or something. And eventually, it'll come back to me. Like, I would... Like, I might notice something on TV or see somebody out that will bring it back to my attention. Yeah, so keeping um, in in line with the questions from your writing journey, um, what are some examples of good and bad experiences you've had on that writing journey over the years? Um, Like, I know, I know the, like, like the good, like I mentioned before, like the like the praise and all that, like how powerful it is. Like I wasn't expecting all that. Like it wasn't to like um I think when I was in my early twenties I made my first like poetry video, like fucking word and my my godbrother was like eight years older than me, he seen it. He like, Yeah, you need to keep keep doing it because first I would I, like even now I'm still kind of I'm still kind of getting used to it, being in front of the camera but he, he suggests I keep doing it like now I got comfortable with it like even on my YouTube I do about like my poems I do them over a jazz instrumental on my YouTube channel like I just got comfortable, like, even when I'm out doing events, people could tell when I'm about to, like, go off, go on the run, because I close my eyes, and it's almost like I'm rapping. I start going full speed, 
like how I'm delivering my message. And then I'm real, I'm real animated when I do my do. Like if I'm saying something about listen, I put my hand up to my ear. Or if I'm saying something about see me, I'll direct my hand to my eye. Like I'm real animated. Yeah. So um, I want to know who is your favorite? Um, who who would you say be your favorite poet? Um, he not, he's not really a, I won't, I, I don't know if you would say he's really a poet, poet, but for me, like, he's a, he's a poet through his music, and that'd be Tupac for me, like, like, I could. I was getting to that next, I was about to get to who would be your favorite rapper, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, he would, he would real res, resident to me, both group and single single households dad wasn't around like and all that like so i resonated with real with his music like that touched me even more like i like i use some of his songs as inspiration to like a couple of my poems Mm-hmm. Nas as well, Nas too. Yeah, him, 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 Nas and two and DMX. So like, two, like three of my top three rappers. Yeah, so I did see it when I was reviewing your Facebook that you have a platform also for people to come on and and they can interview. How did you um, start on that journey? Or come up with that idea. Um. Yeah. This. Um. This trying some different. I started my. Um. I started my podcast. I think last year. Like at first when I started, it was just like just me, like talking about random topics. But then I got to last year where I started like interviewing people, like on live and all that, like. So that's what I've been doing. Like, it called the People Poet Podcast. I'm on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple. Like, like you type the People Poet Podcast, like, on Google, it should pop up. And instead of T H E, it's T H A. It's T H A P E O P L E S. P-O-E-T podcast. Okay. And we encourage everybody to, to check that out. And um, that's just something I saw and I just had a, a random question about <laughs> um, mm-hmm. since we are doing doing something similar with the podcast journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you bring your characters to life? I know you talked a little bit about um, what it kind of inspires those characters, but how do you bring them to life in your books? Yeah, this bring them, this bring them to life is just, it all depends on, like, what part of my life they came into. Like, of course, my mom and them raising me, and then my cousin came into play, because, like, like, I didn't know I had brothers on my dad's side until I got older. So, my older cousin, he's, like, two years older than me. Like, we grew up like little brother big brother like everywhere he went i went like 
So I use him for that. Like he always looked out for me. Like he still does. Like he don't like he don't like nobody messing with me. None of that. Like he always like that big brother type to me. Like he done taught me stuff. Like taught me how to um, taught me how to change oil in the car. Taught me how to grill. Like like even though my dad. My dad wasn't there. Like I had, I had other men I, that would teach me to. Like my cousin, I had my uncle. Like they had a construction company. They used to let me go with them. Like another, another older gentleman. He not related to me, but he close to my family. He taught me how to change tires. So, so I had some, and then like my older uncle, like they taught. Like looking up to them, taught me how to carry myself, how to dress. So I had some like male influence in my life. Okay. Are your books considered what genre are they? Are they considered fiction or nonfiction? Horror drama? Like what what's what what would you consider them? Um like not like nonfiction. Okay. Cause like they basically a, um they all like about my life so non-fiction okay okay um just to talk a little bit about i always ask guests on here about their marketing just so you know if there are people out there who need some tips for that because it's really a big deal um outside of content production is actually marketing it so people can see <laughs> what you've written and and the different projects you're working on so I talk about digital media a lot just because that's kind of my my foray, my specialty. Um, but I just want to ask, so how has social or digital media helped or hurt the marketing for your books? And, and what other marketing tools uh, have you found effective? Um, social media has has helped. Like, I'm still trying to work like marketing. Like, I use my my Facebook, my Instagram, my Snapchat, and all that. Like last year, I I held my um, I held my first virtual book signing last year. Like that was some that was a hit. Cause like as soon as I stopped, like after that, I got like five random inboxes from different females wanting my book. Like okay. like I done. Like I done sold more books to people out of town, out of state that than people that live here in Louisville, Kentucky, where I'm at. Like I had people from everywhere, from St. Louis to to Chicago to Atlanta, reach out to me, Texas. Like I get more sales to people out of state, and it, like it's sad to say, like I get more support from people that live far away than I do in my own city. Okay, and that's that's often the case. I know, Larry, with your oil paintings, you sold a lot to people from other states, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you'd be surprised at uh, people that may not have a um, relation to you or where you're from but they have so much relation to you uh, through your craft. So I think that connects everybody together uh, nationally. So I think that's like one of the best experiences ever when it comes to doing art and especially through your writing. I know that's a, a good feel about how you feel so connected to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I done, um, 
like i i know last year i did a magazine interview like like right after that i had a lady from Atlanta. she she inboxed me instantly like asked me have i ever like ghost written for anybody like far poultry like no i never had but i could i could try like so i ghost written for her like i did like two poems for her like and i was surprised she paid me for it too like like i i ain't look for it she just came to me like can you write me this like you gotta be on this topic i'm going to a, a women conference like okay like i i come up with something most writing would that be something uh another thing that you would be considering doing um yeah like i don't like i don't limit myself like anything that come my way like long as it's positive i'll give it a try before i say it i don't want to do it like i don't like i still be having like people that don't even know me probably know probably see me in like a poetry group i'm in on facebook come to me about i don't collab and i don't collab with some people that that don't even know me, they just inspired by my poetry. Like, can we collab? Like, yeah, like they sent me some and I sent them something back to go with what they writing. So I'm open to doing other things. Like I always said, when I first started, I want to be known for more than doing books. Like got my hand in everything. Like I'm a, Got my own clothing line. Got my podcast. I make organic smoothies. So I'm always constantly trying to reinvent myself. Plus, I want I want to leave a legacy for my daughter. For when that time comes, God called me on, leave something for her, and she can look back, see like it. Daddy could do it. So can I. Cause she my she my number one fan. Like actually, a few days ago, she. She surprised me and made me a, um, made me like a drawing, saying I'm your biggest fan on. I got it hanging up in my wall, like so. She constantly keep me pushing, taking my promo picture. Like she was at my first book signing. She actually signed one of my books for me, and I still got it. Oh, yeah, that's the biggest <laughs> motivation right there. Yeah, it is. It's so important. Do you do um, in-person, uh, like, poetry slams, or do you recite? Have you done, like, shows in person? Yeah, I have. Like, I, like before the COVID hit, like, I was doing a lot. Like, I was doing, I did, um, I did one poetry slam, but I did, I be, I do a bunch of open mics. So, that's where... That's how most of the local poets know me for seeing me do open mics. They send me invites to what they doing. They like, hey, can you come? Like, I like to hear you. I loved it when I heard you. So they always send me invites. Invites. So like I'm like I'm doing it virtually now. Like I did a I just did a virtual palsy slam a few weeks ago. I do a virtual um open mic like every first thursday of the month so they try to keep myself out there like i'm about to start back up like 
last year I was doing like poetic Fridays where people would give me topics and I would go live and I was like and I would do a poem live on the spot about your topic and I just asked that's people. Idea. And that's I, a great idea. And we I just, and I just ask people like, like, if you like what you hear, just donate anything you can, like, whatever. So I'll do it live. Like, they're trying to challenge myself, like, far as my class, like, just testing myself. You also mentioned a clothing line. I want to make sure I get all of your ventures out there. So talk a little bit about your clothing line and, you know, what you're trying to get across with that. Yeah, my clothing line, I started that around the same time as my book in 2019. My, like, at first, like, it was just, just, just something, like, but, but now, like, it turned, like, it just turned into a, a phenomenon overnight like I named it like just a kid from the 502 apparel I got I got hoodies I got a um like I got a a letterman jacket I got hats like I'm doing this time to keep myself out there like and it's um it is J U S T A K I D F R O M da 502 apparel and okay. i got i got a business page on facebook just to give from the 502 apparel business page i got two instagrams just to give from the 502 apparel and then i just started a new one yesterday just a kid um from just a kid on instagram so and i got a got a youth um uh, a Snapchat I just started, so it's trying to keep my hands in different things. Then I'm about to do my first pop up store on the 17th, so I'm just trying to stay busy. Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of great things going on. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned 502. I don't think that we even asked you wh where are you from? Is it Louisville, Kentucky? Yes. Okay, I just wanted people to know, make sure they, they knew where they could find you, you know, when you do your pop-up shops and, and things like that. So just just winding down now, what's one thing that you would want our audience to know about you? One thing I would, one thing I want your audience to know about me, like I call myself the people poet for a reason because I feel like I speak on things to people that want to hear like i say the things people are scared to say like it could be controversial like people might think it but i, I actually say it like and i felt the um like i said i i felt the i felt it different instead of the i felt it t-h-a the people poet So um, I know you've mentioned a few of your links and, and places to find your, your products, but just give us, um, give it all to us again so we make sure that everybody has an opportunity to follow you. So what are your, all your social media handles and um, different places that we can buy your products? Um, 
My main page on Facebook, you can look me up, it's Derek A. Lewis Senior on Facebook. And then I got my my poetry group, the People Poet, Poetry, um, People Poet, Poetry Group. I got my business page, just a kid from the 502 Apparel business page. My Instagram, just a kid from 502 Apparel. Um, my other Instagram, I got, I got couple got this kid from 502 apparel got just a kid from the five i got um um the people poet 88 instagram so got my youtube channel the um the people poet youtube channel that i'll be posting every every few days on there so that's mostly all my my um social medias and i'll be posting pictures of my products on my instagram my facebook i'm always going live so like most of the things i the most of the things that i'm selling like it's gonna be at the pop-up shop that i'm doing 17. like i got everything from hoodies to african tote bags to beyond the taylor mask necklaces um clip on earrings african body show moisturizer like incense so just trying just trying to keep busy i have to let you know that you're a hero and going through all what you done been through just let let you know that uh we are here for you and what you we hearing your message and what it is that you have to bring and we're all inspired by it and i guarantee you for you know your kids and to other people that you touch uh nationally uh we all hear your message and we all inspired by you and that um you know uh, as far as your legacy man you are definitely leaving one just letting you know mm-hmm. that i definitely appreciate that yeah is there anything else that you may want that we didn't ask you that you may want to share? Oh, I, I think I mentioned it um, before that I just dropped my latest book, 8813, The Continuation of a Legacy. I just dropped that last month and it's on Amazon. Okay. And the, oh. the cover photo is a, the cover photo to go with the continuation theme. I got a I think got a picture of like some picture of water on the cover to go with the theme of continuation. Okay. So each okay, and, each, and all, each and every one of my books, like I drop like every couple months around the same days. Like like I think um last year I dropped like two books in seven months. Like like I've been dropping books every other month. Like people that come to me, like why don't go to a publisher? Like that'd be good for more exposure, but I'd rather stay independent and that way I control my content. I don't gotta worry about no deadline. I come out when I choose to. Like I'm getting ready to start working on my fifth book and that should be out later this year, early next year. Okay. Okay, are all of your books on Amazon? 
um, most of them, like my first book, my first book, eighty-eight thirteen, the realization of a dream. That's on Lulu, Lulu.com, and it's on Amazon.com. And then my second book, I'm coming from where I'm from about my life. That's on, that's on Lulu and Amazon. My third book is called um, eighty-eight thirteen R.I.P. That's on Amazon. And then the book I just dropped, 8813, The Continuation of a Legacy, is on Amazon. And I'm, I make sure I send you all my links when, um, to your page. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. And like Larry was saying, we are inspired by you. And it's so very, very I'm happy to have had you on the podcast. And we, we thank you for reaching out to us and we enjoy the interview. So if you don't have anything else, we'll we'll wrap it up and um, leave our listeners to go follow you and and search your products and, and your projects and um, just move forward in a positive manner. Definitely. Thank you for I'll, having me. I appreciate y'all having me. Like appreciate um a queen and king doing that thing. So I appreciate y'all having me on. Thanks so much. Oh, no problem. All right. So we're going to sign out for today. Um, you guys can catch this upload probably in a couple of hours, um, and it will be on um, in the Apple Store um, under podcast. You just search Gifted Autonomy is all one word, and you'll be able to find this there. So we thank you guys for joining us, and we hope that you will listen to us next time. Thank you.